Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, let's do that right now. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. And joining us for our second hour, we're taking you up to noon, but joining us for the second hour, Casey Pratt of abc7 in san francisco he was the mc of fans fest out in oakland this weekend uh casey my man how was your experience out there in uh, in oakland on saturday honestly it was an unbelievable day uh i showed up pretty early because i brought my wife and kids full fam we were going out to fans fest uh as an mc of the event i wanted to get there early check in with everybody make sure i beat all the crowds one of the first people i saw there was you kyle yeah, what I'm up? glad I caught up with you. I uh, caught up with Balfour, caught up with Chris, caught up with Trevor May, all the organizers. And then around 11 o'clock, I went outside and I saw like the gates just starting to open. And, you know, with an event like this, you kind of wonder like how many people are actually going to show up? How many people are really going to be here? Is it going to look great? Is it going to look bad for us? What's happening? Went back inside, came back out at 1120-ish to like start the festivities on stage. And I was like, whoa there's so many people here it was crazy and it only filled in more and more as the day went so dude i was blown away by the whole thing casey how many people do you think were there it's really hard to say i think what people need to understand is like if you look at the selfie i posted from the stage it was just a sea of humanity but that was just the straight shot like all the way to the left the street was closed with vendors all the way to the right the street was closed with vendors and then right inside Block 51 was a whole other stage with a whole other arena, like full of people, a club just packed with more people. So it had to have been at least 10,000. Uh, I think the estimates are like 10 to 15, but it's, I don't know. I actually have never seen an official number. All I can say is there was more beer than we thought anybody could possibly drink. And all the beer got drank up. It was incredible. <laughs> Dude, it was a great, it was a great deal. I feel like, like 20 Kyle bucks helped. to get a souvenir cup and three beers. Oh. Yeah, I'm in there. I feel like Kyle me? was part of that, the the beer disappearing. I can neither confirm nor deny. Sell the team, dude. <laughs> so, um, Casey, one of the one of the one of the things that that I couldn't help but think because I was with you, man. I was standing. I was literally standing right in the middle when I heard one of the organizers' walkie-talkies go. All right, it's go time, and mm-hmm. the the barriers got moved, and everybody started coming in and just kind of sitting there watching as all these people coming in, wearing their A's gear, supporting the city of Oakland, and showing that, like, I mean, what everybody kind of knows at this point, the fans aren't the problem. But what I kind of come back to now that I'm I'm down back on earth here, um, is there any kind of tangible benefit to to this in terms of the, the relocation or the potential for an expansion team? Or was this just straight up a celebration of, of the city and of, and of baseball fans in the city? I think first and foremost, it was just a celebration of the community, Oakland sports in whole. I mean, we're talking Oakland Roots, we're talking Oakland Ballers, Oakland Soul, all the other teams that were out there. Um, but what it did do was send a very clear message, and you see all the national people talking about it today, uh, that there are fans here. 
right? Like they will show up. If you invest in these people, they will invest back in you. And this team has been famously disinvested in for as long as many people can remember. So yes, you actually invest, people will show up out here. Like you have to go back to the late 80s, early 90s to when this team was really actually truly invested in. The Haas family, they had one of the highest payrolls in baseball. They had one of the highest attendances in baseball at that very same Oakland Coliseum. It's all about what you're doing. Do you invest in the people or not? And now you see the A's current ownership group, uh, not only not investing, but blocking and turning off the replies on every post they make. This Insane. is the exact opposite of investment. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's not just that stuff, the social media stuff. For me, I mean, it's it, it systematically they've they've destroyed the fan base by by trading players every single time someone gets good and, and never paying anyone real money. And we can go all the way back to, you know, I think Ricky Henderson was the first player to make 2 million bucks in, in major league baseball. And then Kirby Puckett gets a deal for like 2.5 million that year. And then Jose Canseco gets a $3 million deal that summer. And it becomes like, that's when baseball salaries start taking off. Well, Ace fans are so attached to guys like Ricky Henderson, to guys like Jose Canseco and, and you know, the, the guys from the glory years. And it's not because they were just so great because uh, they were, but it's more because they haven't been able to pay a star and to keep somebody. I think what the last person really get paid was Eric Chavez. And that's so far, yeah. so long ago. And so from someone who covered the, uh, the Sacramento Kings, when they did this same exact thing, they started running the lowest payroll in, in, in the NBA for years. They, they, they find a way to crush their fans in a different way. And I, I don't know, how do you feel about that? And I think that's, even if they move to Vegas, you need new ownership. This, because this group has proven that they aren't willing to, to put up the money to build a fan base. Yeah, I mean, they systematically dismantled systematically dismantled <laughs> this entire fan base. Every single player that people got attached to, they traded away. Six years, $66 million. I was driving my car in college when they signed Eric Chavez to that deal, James. And you're I mean, super it's been old, that long. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but yes, they dismantled the fan base and then they point to that as the reason why they have to leave. Like, look what the fans are doing. They're not coming to our games. It's like, you guys did this to yourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So at what point does MLB wake up and realize there is a sleeping giant here? There's tons of money here. Let somebody that wants to own the team buy the team. You can't buy something that's not for sale. That's what I keep getting told. Right. If the team was for sale, Joe Lacob would buy it in a heartbeat. He wants the A's. Let someone like him buy the team. Let him revitalize this franchise. You saw what he did when he bought the Warriors. They're in a very similar place to the A's. A team that had a lot of losing, a lot of trouble. He got them into a juggernaut. Let him do that. And then if Fisher and Cavill want to keep going down that Vegas path, fine. When they're ready, expand. And then they don't have to be a nomadic franchise for three years talking about, oh, Sacramento or Salt Lake City or Oakland or where are we going to play? We don't know. I mean, why are we even doing this to ourselves? Casey Pratt of ABC7 out there in the Bay Area. Um, what was the vibe? Coco Crisp was in the building. Tre uh, Trevor May was in the building. Grant Balfour was there as well. What was the vibe from the players, the former players on a, the, either their experience with the franchise then or, or the fact that, the, that they're leaving Oakland? I mean, all the players, especially the ones that came out on stage, on the big stage with us towards the end, like Balfour, Chris, May, they all looked out and were like, man, I can't believe they're thinking of leaving this. Yeah. Uh, and what was really cool is like seeing Grant Balfour, for example, who looks like he could still pitch right now. He's incredible. Great shape. Like his shape is nuts. Uh, yeah. He could go out there and just meet the people and be in front of them and get all that love back that he hasn't had in a while from this fan base just seeing them in person. He went out there. He signed autographs for as long as I can think. He went out into the crowd and just hung out with them. At one point, he left the venue completely and just walked all around the streets because he <laughs> wanted to see it all. You could tell he was really soaking it in. Same with Coco Crisp. There's a lot of moments where I went down the stairs or in and out of the VIP area, and you'd see them just standing there like with a whole sea of people around them yeah. and just talking and signing and hanging out. You could tell it really like filled their cup, so to speak. Trevor May said the same thing. It was just really nice to be back in front of the people. Yeah. 
Casey, I, I want to ask you, is there a way for fans to maybe fire back at John Fisher here? And uh, it's something that I, I haven't seen all that much of, but like this is a guy who owns clothing companies. His family owns, you know, Gap and Old Navy and, and all of these. Why has that not been sort of a focus uh, of ire? And, and is there a possibility that you can start showing your displeasure for him by boycotting some of his brands and some of the things that's made his family so much money? I mean, you could. You could do that. I think a lot of fans probably already do that. Um, but yeah, it's been mostly focused on the sport and less on the gap or the business. Obviously, there's been a lot of gap jokes because there's been a lot of financing gaps in this whole ordeal. But of course. Uh, yeah, I think that <laughs> a lot of people are already doing that. And I don't even know if it makes that big of a difference at this point, because if you look at his gap stock, it's gone down a lot. It's gone down a lot. So his finances aren't what they used to be. And keep in mind, there was a global pandemic in the middle of the entire A's stadium plan. So the entire thing has changed at this point. It seems like he's kind of just holding on through dear life, hoping that something materializes in Vegas, hoping the Vegas power players push this across the finish line, hoping that Major League Baseball helps push this across the finish line. Because at this point, the problem all along is that he's looked everywhere but his own wallet for the money to get a deal done. You can get something done quickly if you're paying for it. If you're asking everybody else to pay for it, then yeah, it's going to take a while. And that's kind of the problem. He doesn't want to step up and foot the bill for things. In the Chronicle, John Shea talked to Joe Lacob a while back. He said, if I was doing this, I would do it at Howard Terminal, and I would have just paid for all the infrastructure. Just done it all. Because at that point, you can get a shovel in the ground quickly. Right. The A's have waited and waited and waited because they're just trying to drag and claw and scratch as much public money out of every market they go to. They showed up in Vegas. They asked for $380 million. They're asking for almost a billion dollars in Oakland. And they pretty much got it, but they still walked away. So at this point, I, I don't know what his finances are. I know he's going to have to sell part of the team just to get this across the finish line, um, that he'll still maintain his majority ownership. But yeah, there's a lot of problems, and in, in the financing just isn't there. I keep hearing about it. They're just not there yet in Vegas. Casey Pratt, ABC7 out in the Bay Area. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. We uh, we really appreciate it. It was great seeing you out at Fans Fest in Oakland this weekend. And we will uh, be catching up with you anytime there's uh, there's something involved with A's relocation. You've been all over that story as well as anybody. And uh, we appreciate your time, man. Well, A's fans were called Dudes of the Week by Ken Rosenthal. You were two of my Thank favorite you. dudes. And Kyle, I'm sorry I didn't get to see you as much as I thought, like, I was with you before the gates opened, and then the gates opened, and it was like a sea of humanity, and I don't think I ever saw you again. It was crazy, Two things happened so, simultaneously. Thank you for showing up. You started having to emcee the entire event, and I had access to beer. And so that's just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and that was just kind of how it went. So, uh, no, it was, I was great. I so jealous, man. All I wanted was beer. I drank water the whole time. Uh, it's a good, you know what? Uh, that's responsible, and that's why you're a professional, and I'm where I'm at. So uh, uh, really appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Casey. Casey Pratt, ABC7 on the Bay Area. Uh, and I, and I want to reiterate real quick before we hit the break, and we'll get back to basketball. Um, that Fans Fest was put on entirely by fan groups. Oh, yeah. The Oakland 68s and the Last Dive Bar, the group of people who I don't want to start naming individuals because I only know a couple of them, and I don't want to leave people out. It is a It is a group of people with the 68s and the Last Dive Bar who put so much time and effort and energy into this event. They got no help from the A's. The A's did nothing. Horrible. And they still had Fans Fest in Oakland outdrawing the A's uh, preseason, or excuse me, spring training opener at Hohokam Stadium in Arizona. So shout out to the 68s, shout out to Last Dive Bar, uh, and shout out to Casey Pratt for all of his coverage of A's relocation. All right, we need to hit the break. More Kings coming up next on ESPN 1320. Listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Oh, thanks. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. The Kings taking on the Miami Heat at Golden One Center tonight. 7 o'clock is your tip-off. No Tyler Hero. No Terry Rozier. 
No Thomas Bryant. No Josh Richardson. No Nikola Jovic. No Jimmy Butler. So let's play a fun game before we get to keys to victory for the Kings. Uh, which Miami Heat players are available? Uh, Duncan Robinson. Yes, he's in. Jaime Jaquez is in. Bam Adebayo, in. Kevin Love, in. That's four. Josh Richardson, out. Haywood Highsmith, in. Uh, Caleb Martin, count it. No Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero, no Thomas Bryant. Somebody named Orlando Robinson? In or out? We'll call him in. Okay. All right. I don't see him uh, listed on the injury report here. Nikola Jovic, out. Terry Rozier, out. Uh, Drew Smith, out. Out. Um, and then is DeLon Wright with them now? Yes. DeLon, DeLon Wright, Wright is there. DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright revenge game coming up. Okay, so Orlando Robinson is questionable with lower back spasms. Hmm. Uh, Drew Smith is out. Um, yeah, what a mess. Oh, and then they have some two-way guys. We have like eight eight players. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Like four, six, seven, eight. Yeah, with DeLon Wright. Yeah. And then maybe they have a two-way guy or two. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, let me see. Their two-way guys are with them, so... All right, maybe we'll see some Jamal Kane or Cole Swider tonight. All right. Hey, that Alondis Williams-Kevin Herter matchup, James, your thoughts? Oh. It's a... <laughs> uh, Alondis Williams, real quick, went to Wake Forest, Oklahoma, and something called Triton College. He is the only NBA player to ever come from there. Really? Or to ever play there. With Fun fact about Alonzo Williams. Triton College. I just, every time you say Triton, I think of... Uh, Little Mermaid? Anchorman. No. Um, I killed. I, I stabbed a man in the heart. I think you killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that. You <laughs> want to lie low. lay low for a while. You might want to lay low for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about how the Kings stay on track and get a victory tonight against the Miami Heat with our keys to the game. James, what is your first key to a Kings victory? Which Kings team shows up? Good question. That's a, that's the biggest question. Did Does the team that showed up the last couple of games, is that who we get to see? Or is it going to be the team that, that like, loses to the Detroit Pistons or the Charlotte Hornets that doesn't take the game serious, that doesn't look their opponent in the eye and, and give them the respect they deserve? Yeah. Which team shows up? Yep. That's... Uh... I, I think that ties in with one of mine. Hang on. Let me, uh, yep. All right. That ties in with one of mine, which is uh, stay locked in defensively. And I think if you get a engaged defensive effort from the Kings, you're going to see the best version of the Kings. Because I don't think we're ever going to see a night where we're like, man, they were so good offensively, but ooh. Or I'm sorry, they were so good defensively, but ooh, what were they doing on offense? Like they're going to be fine. They have an anchor with Demonis Sabonis. Mm hmm. They have a player who's capable of being the best player on the court any given night in De'Aaron Fox. The, like, they have enough guys who can shoot and put the ball in the basket. That's fine. If they're locked in defensively, I I think that they're going to win a ton of games down the stretch here, uh, including tonight. So I'd like to see them really, really good on that end. Okay. Number two. Uh, wounded prey. Jimmy Butler and uh, Josh Richardson accounted for 55 points last time he played these guys. Now they don't have Rozier, they don't have Tyler Hero. All of their scores, their their natural scores, are out for this game. Mm-hmm. So don't take them lightly. Go in there and you know, like again, don't be the first half kings. Yes, don't don't disrespect them, but also this is a team that's that's wounded. They're gonna fight. Mm-hmm. They got eight guys, nine guys. They're gonna go out there and they're gonna play their butts off. You need to not only match their intensity, but show that you've matched their intensity with a higher level of skill. Yes, that's and, it. And beat them. That's it. If you match their intensity, you win by a bunch. Yes. Yes, that's it. All right, uh, number two for me, have the best player on the court. I don't care if it's Demonis Sabonis. I don't care if it's De'Aaron Fox. One of those two needs to be the best player on the court. Maybe it's Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray hasn't had a huge game in a while. Maybe it's him. I don't know. But the, the heat with this roster... We cannot walk out of tonight saying, oh, Bam Adebayo or uh, who else? <laughs> I don't even know who else is playing for them. Kevin Love or Duncan Robinson or Jaime Jaquez. Man, they were the best player tonight. Kings need to have the best player on the court. No, I, I think so. They should probably have the best five players on the court. That's a great point. So, number three for you. 
number three for me is attack Bam. Uh, no Thomas Bryant. Get Bam out of bio and foul trouble, and then beat up on Kevin Love because that's pretty much who they got behind him mm-hmm. at this point. So uh, Sabonis needs to get physical. He needs to get physical quickly and get Bam out of the game as quick as quickly as possible. And if you do that, they really just don't have any depth, whether it's because of injury or it's because you know they don't have any depth at that position. Yeah. Uh, number three for me, the Kings do have some depth, and I think we're going to need to see a team effort tonight. You had Keegan Murray, 37 minutes last night. Domas played 36. Harrison Barnes, 36. De'Aaron Fox only played 33. But they need more from Davion Mitchell. They need more from Chris Duarte. They need more from Trey Lyles. On the second night of a back-to-back, you you cannot leave it all to your starters again and say, yeah, hey, go get him, because then you're ostensibly playing shorthanded as well. Yeah. So I, I, I would like to see more productive nights. It doesn't have to be all the bench guys. They don't need 40 points on the bench or anything nuts like that. But I, I, I want to see, I want to see, you know, Trey Lyles hit two or three threes, and I want to see Davion Mitchell have have an effective stint. I want to see Chris Duarte knocking down a couple of threes and playing good defense. They just need top to bottom a, a, an overall good team effort tonight. Yeah, and I would also say, Kyle, when it comes to that, like the Kings need to remember that they have a game on Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's three games in four nights, yeah. and it doesn't matter that the first two are back to backs at the beginning of the three games and four nights. Like tomorrow is going to be a rest day, but also a travel day to go get to Denver. You need to make sure that if you can somehow give these guys a break, if you can somehow limit Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox to, you know, 26 to 28 minutes mm-hmm. somehow by, by thumping a team that's totally shorthanded, then you need to do that. I'm not going to ask for that. Because how many, I feel like there's been 10 <laughs> games this year where we've been like, go be up by 25 going into the fourth quarter and rest your dudes in the fourth. And then sure enough, it's a tie game with a minute and a half to go. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask for that. I will just say that would be an added benefit. Yeah. So I, I, I don't I don't think you can go into the game going like, yeah, hey, we're going to be up 30 and then we'll rest in the fourth. You can't do that. No. But by virtue of taking this, taking the opponent seriously... Um, and being locked in on both ends of the court, you will be up by a bunch by the end of the game, and you'll be able to rest some guys. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's how they handle this. And, you know, again, we talk about uh, the Kings' lack of defense on defending the three-point line and stuff. Mm -hmm. Most of their quote-unquote hot shooters are out. So don't let Duncan Robinson beat you. Like That's going to be like the one guy who can really make it rain. Don't let him beat you. Hayward Highsmith can shoot a little bit. But uh, overall, like this is a game where maybe you do pack the paint, maybe you make life really different, maybe you run a zone for a little bit of time to help save your legs a little bit, but you need to throttle up when, when it's time to go, when it's time to beat this team, you need to have the juice to do it. Yeah, I think so. I am shook right now. You mentioned Miami is three-point shooting, and so I went to go look at you know who's in, who's out. Did you know Jimmy Butler is shooting 44.7% from three this year? Yeah. It's only on 2.2 a game, but he shot 35% on 1.6 last year, 23.3% on two attempts Mm. the year before that, and 24.5% on two attempts a game in 2020-2021. He has been god-awful from beyond the arc, and this year he just can't miss. He's good. Good little player, Jimmy Butler. He's a good little player, Jimmy (laughs) Butler. 34-year-old Jimmy Butler. Playoff Jimmy. How is he? He's never won a defensive player of the year. No, but he's been all NBA first. Well, I don't know first team, but all NBA defensive team for sure. Second team, second team, second team, second team, second team. He's never been a first team all defense. Okay. Been second team a bunch of times. He's a quality player. I mean, we've talked about this. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm thinking we're leaning more towards that at this point, but yeah. Yeah, he's he's made a nice little career out of himself for a guy who's taken with the 30th yeah. overall pick in the draft. Alas, he's not playing tonight. That's right. Things don't have to worry about him. Uh, I think they go in and get a win against against Miami at home. Um, and if they do, I will feel a lot better about them moving forward um, and taking this little run of, of good play more seriously. But if they start playing down to opponents again, it feels like we're back at square one. That's true. And yeah. this is a game where they're looking to go 11 games over 500 for the first time this season. So that's big. All right. We got more basketball coming up next on ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I'm Kyle. He's James. In case you missed a little intro bit there. Um, a couple of odds and ends before we dive back into the Kings' best win of the year. They beat the Clippers last night 123-107. to Just a really, really impressive overall performance. Before we dive back into that, a couple of notes uh, for you, James. Okay. Did you see Peter King announce his retirement today? Yeah, I, I read his. Yeah. I love Peter King, too. We're muted on the stream because I forgot to unmute myself, but it's okay. We're back now. What's up, Chad? All right. Um, Peter King announced his retirement today in Monday Morning Quarterback. He did say that he announces that retirement with an asterisk because he's sure he's going to work on something, which makes sense. He's been writing about the NFL for 40 years. I'm guessing it's probably hard to just stop. But I did think it was interesting. In In his column, he talks about he was sitting at the Super Bowl this year and was like, I wonder what it's like to listen to the announcers. I wonder what it's like to watch the commercials. I wonder what, because he's been to 40 consecutive Super Bowls. That's wild. That is insanity. Yeah. And so good for Peter King. No, it is good for him. I, I'm, you know, you want to see guys like him who, a full on legend, like be able to do whatever he wants on his own terms when he's young enough to do, you know, to go out and experience life in a different way. And and he mentioned just how difficult things, uh, his job has been on his, on his wife and his daughters. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that that's something that, that people don't get like this, this job that you do, it never shuts off. There's no way to shut it off. Yeah. And it's something that I, I think people like how many times I've literally pulled my laptop out while sitting out to dinner with my wife and had to write a story and then send it in and post it really quickly. Oh, that's just, that's the life. That's, that's yeah. what you signed up for. Yep. And it's just different. And, uh, so good for him for being able to step away yep. a- on his own terms. Yep. No doubt. Um, second thing, the NFL combine starts this week. I'm not looking forward to it. I hate the combine so much. The I can't N- believe, I can't believe and we're going to talk King Slippers in a second, I promise, guys. But I can't believe that in 2024, with all the evidence we have that exercising in front of people has no bearing on whether that player is good at football or not. <laughs> and yet we're still going to sit here, we the royal we, not necessarily you and me, not necessarily people in the chatty house, but, but the royal we, are going to sit here and when this player we've never heard of Runs a four three two forty. We're gonna be like, wow, what that guy should be, go in the first round. What a guy! He's so fast. Look how fast he is. And we're gonna just do that again. And I can't believe that it. We're doing another year of it. That's all. 
the NFL draft process is the longest, most drawn out ridiculousness I, because it's when it's a draft. The draft is like four months. From April twenty seventh, I believe, is when it, it starts. It feels like it's so far away. I they, don't know. They, there's free agency to go. Teams get to sign free agents before the draft. That's also weird how that's inverted because the NBA goes the other way. I think it's the right way to do it. You think so? Yeah. You go spend your money in free agency, see what you can do, and then you fill in the holes via the draft. Okay. That way you know like when you're drafting, hey, we just signed a star <clears throat> defensive end. Maybe if you're deciding between a defensive end and a corner, you now know that you can draft the corner. It's interesting. It's I, I wonder why it is that that the NBA chooses to go. I have no idea. I've always thought they should flip it, though. Hmm. All right. We should have that. Would be a fun discussion at some point when there's not basketball to talk about. Okay. Just kind we'll of just what would that? No, what would that look like? Yeah. If if things flip, particularly like through the Kings lens, like if they got to do free agency before the draft, what would that what would that look like? I agree that with with Tyler Jennings in the chatty house, like the the combine's cool to watch, but I'm not making any major takeaways from it. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Okay. And I'm going to write about it. Check it out at NinersWire.com. I'll have combine content for you. I'm gonna re- <laughs> I'll be thrilled. Be thrilled to, to All do the it. defensive backs and yeah. offensive linemen that the 49ers should draft? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Get, dude, a tight end in each round, a defensive end in each round. I got I got posts for days. Is there a Debo draft. Samuel replacement? Oh, buddy. Teams have been trying to come up with the next Debo Samuel for four years. That's right. I promise it's not there. Is this guy good Debo comp? No! <laughs> he took three handoffs in college. That doesn't mean he's Debo. Anyways, uh, last thing. This is rich. The, you know what? I'm going to put a pin in this for the handoff. Oh, okay. I'm going to put a pin in the last thing for the handoff because I think Casey's coming in today. Oh, he and was I'm, already in here. No, I know, but I don't know if he was just getting set up for Damien or if he was coming in to set up for himself. That's a good question. I don't know, but I'm going to put a pin in this last thing for the handoff because I think it'll be a fun discussion. All right, let's talk about good, bad, and ugly from the Kings best win of the year. And my best win of the year, are you there? Which I keep saying that like I, I'm still holding as though to, we're all the Denver game to me is still the best win of the year. I I think that last night's game was a top three or four. I think it's a really, really good win against top this. three? Yeah, I, I just think that at the, Minnesota? Yeah, that's big. I was up there. The Denver, the At Denver, Denver. Game. Yeah. yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, last night. Hmm, I'd have to go through. I look. think those are a pretty definitive top three. Ooh, the 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 Monk game winner against Golden State, oh. and kind of getting the Golden State um, yeah. obstacle out of the way. I mean, okay, that's a team you can beat. Okay, and getting that, I think that was a big deal too. No, I think so too. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go through and rank them. I just I going the the circumstance of last night. This is a team that they've had trouble with this year. It, g- given what it did in the standings, given the way they closed it out with De'Aaron Fox on the bench, mm-hmm. even though he was the best player last night, they didn't even need him to put that game away. How they looked defensively, that was just the the maximized I think version of of this version of the Kings. Yeah, I mean, you make a really strong case for that to be the the win of this season. Um, I just, I just think that there's something about heading into the All Star break on the right, the mm-hmm. right tone and fighting through the second night of a back to back, and that back to back being a road and road back to back, and it being in Phoenix and then and mm-hmm. then Denver, and you lost a tough one in in Phoenix, and you come back and you find a way to beat the champs. Yeah on the road, last day before a week off. And so for me, I think it sets a table for what's happening right now. Yeah. But I could be wrong. The Oklahoma City game, Cameron in the in the chatty house brings this one up. Oklahoma City with no De'Aaron Fox at uh, Golden One Center. I believe that was this in-season tournament game. Um, yeah, that that's possible. That's it in-season. definitely was. Now, that, I, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, that's why I was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was. Uh, that was a really, really good one as well. Um, that'll be another summer topic. We can rank the wins from this year. Keon Ellis started. Yep. Yeah, he sure did. Or did, didn't D'Lo and Casey do that last year? I don't know. I think they did do that last year. Anyways, uh, where were we? Good, bad, and ugly. Good, bad, and the ugly.
I thought the Kings' defensive effort overall was was awesome last night, but the Clippers went eight of twenty-seven from three. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that was a key for me here was there were a lot of tough, tough three pointers. It was James Harden's step backs from well beyond the arc. And like, does he hit those sometimes for sure? But that's a very tough shot. You'll live with that if he's gonna make them. There were they were contesting threes, they were doing a good job rotating. There were not it was not Norman Powell by himself in the corner or Terrence Mann by himself in the corner and they hit nine threes combined because the Kings couldn't figure out how to get a defender in their face. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's going to be the uh, how we judge this team down the stretch. Um, how well do they adapt? How well do they figure out the way to, to fix the problems that they have? Like, there are obvious issues that they have as a team. How do you get through and, and fix those things? And Kyle, I'm going to point out, like we keep talking about how well teams are shooting against the Kings, but I'd also say that the fact that the Kings 27 three-pointers against him last night, uh, 25 in the game against San Antonio, 26 in the game against Denver. Yeah. Like that's, we're starting to not only see the percentage improve uh, of defense, but also the number come Mm -hmm. down, which means that you're getting there faster and and you're stopping guys from actually shooting. Running guys off the line. Yeah. Yeah, You're running them off the line. And so I think if the Kings can, um, if they can keep doing that, you're eventually going to see that number drop. You're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna see the percentage drop because what is it's showing you that they're they are taking it serious that they are trying yes to like get in there and, and fix what's going wrong yeah and and you you wrote down their their doubling on Kawhi and making sure that he wasn't beating them yep it was I mentioned this earlier it was a lot of Norman Powell and when you're gonna play a team like the Clippers that has Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George if you're gonna make it a Norman Powell game you will take that every single time. I, I agree. Yeah. Sorry, yawn. Uh, no, all good. That's how I felt watching Norman Powell play basketball last night. Well, I mean, Norman Powell's a really, really good shooter. He's a fine so player. You don't want to leave him open, but you also don't want Kawhi systematically destroying you with mm-hmm. 17-foot jumpers that, that don't even touch the, the rim. Like, that's because it's almost disheartening the way he beats you. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good job of not just... Uh, limiting those attempts by him, but getting the ball out of his hands. Mm-hmm. And the double team to me was really, really strong. Yeah. Norman Powell, five of nine from beyond the arc, but three of eight from two. Mm. Is a lot. He took the second most shots on the team last night. That's okay. You'll take it. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, what else do you have for good last night? Uh, Fox was the best player on the court. Yep. Sabonis was the second best player on the court. Yep. Starter showed up. They sure did. I thought the starters were incredible. And then Monk showed up late. And, and shout out to Davion Mitchell, too. He, he had a couple of big threes that helped finish that game off. Yeah, so. he hit the dagger, for sure. Yeah. And I think that was I think that was like the possession before. I think he hit a three, then they called a timeout, and then Fox came on the floor. There's a foul, then Fox came on. I don't know, but either way. Uh, that, that, yeah, I got nothing. I got okay. nothing for you. I was just going to reiterate what you said. And I, I'm that De'Aaron Fox was what I was going to say was that De'Aaron Fox is being the best player on the court is to me the most important thing. And again, that's not to overlook what Demonis Sabonis is doing and his importance to the team. It's obviously vital. And we talked about if they're going to match his energy, which I think they did last night, if they're going to let him be their emotional anchor, then they're going to be fine if they follow him there. But De'Aaron Fox, from a production standpoint, when he is as good as he was last night, and attacking, getting downhill, getting the flow game going, getting the mid-range going, that's when I think you see a maximized Kings. And it starts with De'Aaron Fox. No, I'm with you. So Yeah. Uh, bad stuff from last night. Uh, the bench took forever to show up. Uh, I don't know how many points Monk scored in the fourth quarter, but I'm going to guess it was most of his points. Um, he just He took a little while to get going. Um, and then Davion hit the two big threes, but they had 25 points from the second unit mm-hmm. total. And that just shows you that like there was not a lot of like evening out of, no. of the the game. So um, they, they need to figure that one out because uh, you, you can't walk into every game thinking that 
it's like starters are bust. And that's what I kind of feel like with this team. A lot of times it's like starters are bust. Yeah, they scored, their bench scored 15 in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of the 25 total they scored. Man. That's tough. Now it's good because it puts you over the top. Uh, and Malik scored seven and had three assists in the fourth. Got that two-man game with Domas, but uh, you still, you need to even that out and you need to, you need to have guys like Trey Lyles and they need opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Um, it feels like it's been a long time since we've been like, wow, really productive game from the Kings bench. Yeah, it's so, been a little while. Like, I mean, it, we talked about it earlier. If you're gonna see one of those though, tonight's a night for it. Yep. If you're gonna if second night of a back to back, starters played a ton last night. If you can get your uh, if you can get your your bench going, this is uh, the time for it. What was ugly last night? Um, man, uh, James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook like. Father time is calling. Like, they, you know, Harden scores 20 points but runs a negative 25 on the night. And he has eight assists, and he's still putting up Mm -hmm. numbers. But I thought the 10 free throws, uh, more than one of those were a joke. Mm -hmm. And and I I thought that he was given the benefit of of being James Harden. Of course. Um, But he shoots four of 13. And, look, I I thought that – Russell Westbrook didn't like the way that Davion Mitchell defended him. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Harden didn't like the way that uh, De'Aaron Fox was able to defend him. And that's because they still think that they're superstars and they're mm-hmm. not. And that's a tough pill because you're not going to get the same calls, or at least you shouldn't get the same calls that you got when you were, you know, 28 years old and on top of the world. Yeah. When you're, when you are missing Paul George, it changes the calculus of this Clippers team a lot. Mm-hmm. And it means more James Harden as a scorer. And that that as good as as great as he was and as good as he still is, you saw it last night. It's just not there. Russell Westbrook, same thing. Like there's a reason he went to the bench. His his, his impact and role are different. And when you're going, hey, replace Paul George, I just don't I just don't think that's that's in their bags anymore. Yeah. As, and like I said, it's not to say they can't go win. It's not to say the Clippers aren't dangerous. I just think the Clippers need to really be at full strength if they're going to make if they're going to make uh, noise. Yeah, they they definitely they need to uh, reserve those guys as much as they can, and I think that that's what we're going to see in the final twenty five games for them. They're going to have to give out breaks to some of these guys, and and you know some nights you're not going to have a full arsenal, and you're going to lose to a team like the Kings because you can't run Paul George out there for eighty two games every season. You have under I, I I disagree with this. You have under ugly. You have it was a lot of minutes for the starters on the first night of a back to back. Yeah, but that's a Clippers man. That's a really really good team. I didn't think there was really a scenario, especially when the bench is playing like they were playing. Well, I think my point was, I mean, you led by eighteen, and you had an opportunity to knock them out in the third quarter, and you didn't. And then what that means is going forward, you got to deal with the fact. That uh, that your your starters are playing. I mean, thirty six minutes for Harrison, thirty seven for Keegan, thirty six for for Domas. Yeah, uh, Fox got lucky to play thirty three, but yeah. All right, it's time for the handoff. Let's bring in Kenny Caraway, D'Lo, and KC. That is coming up at noon right here on ESPN thirteen twenty. They will be taking you up to four o'clock. You can also catch them on KSFM from three to seven. Don't ask us how it works; it just does. Uh, I wanted to Kenny a good win for the Kings last night. Kings Clippers. You guys will have you guys will have plenty of that. Let me- Get your mic turned on. Um, you guys are going to talk about it, and we'll talk about it, I guess, maybe a little bit. Did you guys hear well, – I saved this specifically for this. Did you guys hear LeBron's comments last night about the officiating in the Lakers game? I heard about them. I have not heard the comments. What, what, so, exactly so LeBron basically said, because the Lakers shot eight free throws to Phoenix's 19, uh-huh. and LeBron is like – we have attackers. We have guys who get downhill. That's why we draw fouls. And there's this narrative out there that we shoot more fouls than other teams, but that's because we attack the basket and we don't take a lot of a lot of threes. Da 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 da. So I have some numbers. I watched that game last night. That did, I didn't see a whole lot of attacking. That, <laughs> that was right. It was not. It was not. So uh, real quick, uh, the Lakers have had two games this year where. They so he's complaining about a nineteen to eight free throw discrepancy mm-hmm. against Boston. Okay, pretty good team. Yep. The Lakers out free throwed them twenty six to seven, mm. and against Denver, the defending champs, in a game earlier this year, the Lakers out free throwed them twenty two to seven. 
The Lakers are attempting the sixth most free throws per game and allowing the fewest free throws per game. <laughs> and this dude has the audacity to, in his post-game presser, be like, the officiating, man. The one thing, oh. the one thing oh. I, I don't like about LeBron, and I, I, I love LeBron James. I, I, I tend to guy. like him as well. That's my guy. Um, is he does a lot of complaining. Like, it's always somebody else's fault. You know, it's the refs. Yeah, it's uh, the coaches. You know, what I mean, it's it's players around them. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like I'm definitely wrong about this, but it doesn't feel like he doesn't do like a whole lot of galvanizing. Like, hey guys, we got to be better. Let's let's handle our business, um, at least publicly. You know, publicly. Maybe he's saying that stuff in the locker room, and you know, in the, the confines of that team, but publicly, it's it's always you know somebody else's fault while things aren't going the way he wants them to go. Yeah, not a lot of accountability. Okay, Lake Show. Wait, that was too much. That was too far. You? That was, I don't, what? I don't know. I. That was a bridge too far. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <boom>. <laughs> no. um, I just thought that was really rich that I'm sitting there watching SportsCenter last night and I get a cut of LeBron James going like, oh, there's this free throw disparity in this narrative that's 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 trash they were down by like 20 for a good part of the first half they fought back to get it to five and then they just missed a bunch of shots lebron being one of them missed a bunch of shots uh to try and get it even closer and then they were giving up open threes that's why they lost it's not good they weren't getting foul calls yeah it's wow they're not good enough that's it yes that's it yeah they're they're the island of misfit toys Mm. um what were your thoughts on uh, Bob Myers calling the game last night? <laughs> <sighs> Poor Bob. Bob Myers, who seems like a, a really good guy, um, seems you know just really pleasant, really nice guy. That was about as bad as I've ever heard a game being called on a national broadcast. It was tough. Yeah, that was awful. It was. That was awful. It was like they asked him like. Right before tip off, like, oh, Bob, hey, we need you. To, can you jump in? <laughs> hey, just, hey, hey, Bob, we're gonna need you to step in. And he just had a thing. He's like, uh, Steve Smith see. stubbed his toe. Stats. He can't go. He can't go. No Jamal Crawford tonight. He's he's, <laughs> he's got a stomachache. You, you gotta go. He goes, and then, and what he said was, oh man, I don't, I don't have no stats in front of me. Let me just see real quick. Um, Kings are the worst percentage team at the three. <laughs> They're the best. All right, I'm I'm gonna live on that. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, it's the worst team defending the three against the best team shooting it. Hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you gonna, that's what it looks like. Science. Uh. And the the only reason Sabonis gets all those free throws, because I mean, all those uh, those assists, is because they run the ball through. I yeah, was, I was listening to you guys on the way in, and you you said exactly what I was. I mean, <laughs> what were Draymond Green's assists? Like, Bob, come on. Come on, Bob. And, and look, <laughs> they, nobody... were, they were the greatest two shooters in the history of the NBA. And, and, That's... and, and look, he even, he even tried to – oh, Bob. He even tried to be like uh, like one shot. I think Kevin Herter missed it, but it was like a dribble handoff. And he's like, see, look at that one. He just kind of handed the ball off, like, and that's an assist. It's like, he that's... didn't do a whole lot. He just kind of handed it off, but – I'm sorry. That's all Draymond ever does. Yeah. What, what are you What are you talking about? And then, like I said, don't the whole, don't sleep on the driving kick. No. And then they tried, <laughs> look, look, look. And then they tried to take one of his assists away. They're like, ah, De'Aaron Fox. He dribbled the ball about four times before <laughs> that a, one. On a well, fast break. It was so it, weird. And they look so, at it. Well, it was actually, it was one, but I don't know. Is that a hockey assist? It was the no, most bizarre. Not. It was the most bizarre broadcast. I like Bob Myers, too. I've heard him talk a number of different No, he's great in the studio. He needs to never be on a broadcast. And that's fine. It's not for everybody. Like, it's not play-by-play and and color commentary are very different than being in the studio. If you're great in the studio, that doesn't mean you're going to be good at at color commentary and vice versa. Bob is really good in the studio (sighs) on the the color commentary. Maybe don't do that. I don't know if he's good on TV in general. Yeah. I think he's... He's very nice. Like he comes off very nice. He doesn't come yeah. off like a jerk or yeah. you know, like some of these guys are yeah. when they talk about the Kings. He just came off really uninformed. Uh best win of the year for the Kings last night, you think? Man. Uh, I thought about this. I I'll get off the fence. I'll say yeah. 
I'll say, yeah, that was a big time win. What 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 were the other ones in the mix for you? Um, the Orlando game. Ooh, the Orlando uh, game. I don't think we mentioned that one. That was one. a big one. Um, Denver before the break. Yeah, was, was a big win. I mean, you can kind of maybe lump the two together. Denver after Detroit, and then a couple a game or two later, the one before the break. So maybe if you want to put that two mm. little set together, but I mean, this was a big one. This was a team that had dominated you. Oh, the, the Warriors uh, in season tournament yeah. finale was a good yeah. one too. Mm-hmm. But this was a team that had dominated you uh, the previous three times they played, or two times they played, whatever it was. Yep. And um, I know they didn't have Paul George, but. I, I they came out ready to play regardless of who That's was it. out there, and De'Aaron Fox. We'll talk about it a little bit more. He seems like he he understands the moment. He understands what time of the schedule we're at, what time of the season it is, and he is ready to turn up. No doubt. All right, D'Lo Casey coming up next. They're rocking with you until noon, talking plenty of Kings and uh, taking a look at uh, craziness in the West. A lot of craziness. It's so wild. Can't wait to listen to you guys. Uh, Stay locked in to ESPN 1320. For James Hamm, I'm Kyle Madsen. We've been The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on Sacramento Sports Leader. (laughs) We got a big crowd in here today. You guys mind hitting the thumbs up for us? They love to see the Kings win. (sighs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.